It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat, the weekly Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live. We have a very special edition planned for you this week and joined by, joining myself and Chris Errington, we are delighted to welcome Plymouth Argyle manager Ryan Lowe onto the show. Hello Ryan. Afternoon lads. Afternoon Ryan, thank Whatever you very you much for sparing the time to see us. No and problem. cutting short your lunch as well. Lunch, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice guy aren't they? A half eaten, so. what, what was it? It was actually a chicken pie, it was absolutely gorgeous but... Dan kept looking at me, so I <laughs> It did look quite nice. It did, yeah. Stu and I made a few hunger pangs in the The chefs have been, everything we've upped the ante with everything. Yeah, and the chefs have been different class, so fair play. We should say, Stu, we're in the, in the new boardroom in Home Park, so we we've had the, the, the metaphorical uh, red carpet rolled out. Yeah. Uh, nice big table. I was going to bring in my office, but it's not done yet. Not finished yet? Not yet, but it's only special people going in. You've got to know what to do before you go in there. Okay. Maybe by the next podcast, yeah. we might get a special yeah. invite. You're happy with the office? It's upstairs, yeah, it's presumably, yeah, yeah, it's upstairs, and mm. then the lads have a group office, a bit similar to the mm. hut we've got down there, but they'll have the group and all the... All the um, work tops around you can work from there and then I'll have an office for myself and whatever I need to do but yeah no listen it's um, superb isn't it this boardroom is fantastic pity the bar's not open yet isn't it could have had a drink indeed so Ryan how are you settling into Plymouth yeah you know what honestly honestly, I'm um, I'm loving it um, you know obviously my little boy's down we've just been to see a school today the family are potentially going to move down after Christmas fully Um I think it's only right because they've been superb supporting me through thick and thin while I've been, you know, up the road, up down here, and they've been up there, and they come every home game, and I go home every away game. Uh, but just the place itself is 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 phenomenal. I, I love every minute of it. I love working here. I love working with good people. I love working at the football club, the fans, the way we're playing. It's um, I didn't think I'd gel into it this quick and this easy. Um, you know, as a youngster, I was fortunate to go to Spain's and to Tenerife for Christmas holidays and, and for summer holidays I'd never ever come down the south west country I'd never ever come down Cornwall the beaches Devon I'd never ever been but when I was down here obviously you know to be down here now it's it's a, it's a special place and, and I'm loving it it's a massive commitment for, from your family's point of view I mean you know it's a long way from home it is yeah but but again you know like uh, what we done we, we've obviously all committed for the kids to go to school my little girl Daisy was was starting her first year senior, so it was important that she got over that little hurdle of getting into the big school because she was still only a baby. Mm. Uh, me and lad Alfie was going into third year. Uh, but again, listen, I, you know, I, I'm working, not 24-7, because I don't think anyone works 24-7, but we work long hours and we make sure we put the work in. So I've, after finishing work, I'm home, I'm in, me, I'm in my apartment, and then, you know, and sometimes it's ready for food and bed, and then you're up again to do the next thing. So, mm. it, you know, it, it's been... Uh, good that the family come down every weekend and I go home every weekend and I've been getting home over over Wednesday when we've had late afternoon sessions on a Thursday but listen you've got to commit to the course and that's what I've done and fair play to you know my missus and the kids they want to now venture down which which is good so we're, we're now looking at schools and they're going to be down here and they're probably going to turn into little little Janice I think <laughs> sooner rather than later so no pleasing 
Should be an interesting uh, accent that they uh, develop over the years. Yeah, well, <laughs> my little girl's actually the nicest speaking little girl you'll ever meet. I, I should mm. actually say that because when me and Neil are in the car and he goes, I just love the voice of your daisy. He's <laughs> very pleasant. Alfie's not too bad either. He hasn't mm. got a broad Scouse accent, if, mm. if you know what I mean. Uh, but no, look, again, it's part and parcel of my job and, you know, whatever my job takes me, that you know, they're, they're going to be with us. Uh, so it's just pleasing that potentially they're going to be here on a, on a full-time basis very soon. Absolutely. And, and talking about football, how do you assess the season so far? Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than pleased because I think, you know, at one point you're obviously looking and, you know, changing the, the, the team quite a bit and changing the personnel and we'll never change our shape and our philosophy will stay the same. Um, but I can only thank the boys for that. You know, they've been superb. You know, there's lads out the squad at the moment who, who are not even travelling. But they've still been the same, the, the, the different class, the, the work and attitude every single day. Yet we've had to cut the group down a little bit, hence a few of the youngsters have gone back with the youth team to train because we feel the quality of the standard of the group's gone from there to there. Hence, I think you see that in, in, the, uh, in the performances of late. But I have to do that because what you've got to do is you've got to end your right now. And every single player in this football club under my tenure has had a chance to impress. Some haven't quite took it and a lot have. Um, so where we are in the league at the moment, I'm I'm I'm, I'm very pleased. Yeah, we're just sitting outside. We're just sitting in a nice position, and you know a lot of my friends will say to me, just ready to pounce if you like. Yeah, listen, we we know it's a long season. You know, I think the season finishes in April this year. So where we are in the league at the moment, we've got a lot of tough games coming over the Christmas. If we'd have potentially got three points against Grimsby when the game got called off, we'd have probably been sitting nice in fourth or fifth position maybe now, which and then everyone looks at it a different light. Uh, we're not, we're just sitting outside the playoffs, which for me is fine. Uh, nothing's won in, in, in November, December, it's won in April. And all we'll keep doing is keep plugging away, keep putting the hard graft in, keep putting the performances in. Uh, and I think it's evident to see that the football we're playing is, you know, you've seen one of the questions there, it's, it, it, it's very good. And that's what we wanted. We said we'd become a good team, we'd become a very good team, and then we'll hopefully become a very an excellent team, which should take us where we want to get to. So, overall, pleased. Um, couldn't have asked for a better start, if you like. Mm. League two is so incredibly tight, isn't it? I mean, it's it's doggy dog at the moment. Yeah, well, it's very inconsistent, isn't it? I, I think the league. Someone someone mentioned it a few weeks ago in one of the press conferences that the league two is very inconsistent, and I, I fully agree it is, because anyone can beat anyone. Uh, you've seen the teams who, who were down the bottom now climbing up, and the teams who are at the top are now sloping down a little bit. And you know, it's finding that balance. But for me, as the manager of this football club, we're finding our balance, and we just got to go about our business the right way. And if we continue to do that, then hopefully we'll we'll have a good season. Well, we've got loads of questions for you, Ryan. We asked the uh, the listeners to get in touch with us, yeah. and we've uh, we've had a good number. So thank you to everyone that's um, sent us a question, and we're going to try and get through as many as we can. Michael Wonderly is a regular listener to the podcast. He always asks questions of our guests, and he says important questions first. Who makes the best pasty, Ryan? Well, it's got to be Ginsters, uh, <laughs> hasn't it? Because I'd get into trouble if I didn't say Ginsters. <laughs> uh, no, listen again. You know. Uh, Pasties from where I'm from and pies and that they just I think we have a Sayers down north. <laughs> Sayers and Greg's, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um and, and down here we have obviously Ginsters mm-hmm. uh, certainly the best pasties and my missus and my little girl are veggies, so they actually do a good veggie one for them also okay. now. So mm-hmm. yeah, obviously Ginsters. <laughs> We're staying with the uh the food theme. Freddie Harper Davis is asking jam first or cream first? 
Well, I don't know. I, I remember my first day. I went over to BBC, didn't I? And done it with her. What was the lady's name? Natalie. Natalie, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she asked me the same question. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's Cornish as well, so no, she would have wanted and a and particular then, answer. She did, yeah. I gave her the wrong one. <laughs> uh, but, but for me, it's it's cream and then jam because I like to use the cream as like a butter spread type, mm-hmm. yeah. And then put the jam on. And look, unfortunately, I'm not Cornish or mm-hmm. the other side, so I, I'm Scouse. <laughs> and I think Scouses do. do well, you've do, got the Devonian. Version there with, yeah. the, with the cream first and oh, right. then the jam. So, yeah. that's, that's the right Devon, version of so, yeah. so, yeah. so, so, so I've gone with the right choice, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, unfortunately for, for people, it's, mm. it's cream and then jam for me. Just be prepared when you go into Cornwall next time, you might have people just picking you up on well, that. I think I went to, um, is Lou classed as Cornwall? Yes, yeah. Okay, so when I went there, I went up there with me, Mrs. Mm. and the kids, and we done a bit of crabbing and whatnot, and I actually chose to put the cream on first. <laughs> Sorry, the jam on first. All right, there, okay. Yeah. I thought, let's see what, it, and there's no difference. Let's <laughs> put one on one side, one on the other, and put it together. Rick's yeah. not happy. <laughs> Uh, Steve Watson, is Plymouth Argyle becoming a club close to your heart since you became manager? You spoke about it there. It sounds as though you're, you're really throwing yourself into the whole club and the whole region, really. Yeah, listen, it is. It certainly is. And, and why wouldn't it be? You know, the, the foundation, the club and the backing of the, you know, Simon and, and the board of directors. Um, you know, when, when I come here, I wanted to bring the good times back. And, and I think we're slowly but surely doing that. I think we're certainly bringing the good times back in, in terms of football and wise and, and the style of play and the philosophy. Um, you know, obviously we get approached a lot of times you're walking through the park how well the football is from different generations. Uh, and it is becoming a, a, a big part of me, yeah, definitely, because I'm the manager of this fantastic football club. Why wouldn't it be? Um, you know, I think early on in, in the season there was probably a few question marks about how we were going to play coming out from the back and what we wanted to do and how we were going to do it but that's only that's only natural you know a lot of teams a lot, a lot of um, fans do the same thing um, but for me it, it's becoming a, a big part of my life and I think you know when I when I moved down from Liverpool to, to Plymouth on my own without my family I, I don't think that's in question I think I've come down here to make sure I can try my best for this football club and I certainly have certainly am my staff will certainly do that and that's why it's so passionate for me when you know I've got this little bit of a fist pump when we win games down at the Davenport and which is which is great and I get a buzz off it and I, I can't wait for it. Um so yeah, um I think when you when you become a manager of a football club like Plymouth Argyle, you have to embed yourself in it and that's certainly what I'm doing. Martin Ford's been in touch, Ryan, and he said, What is the one decision you have regretted or would have changed knowing what you know now? I think that could be any Anything yeah, maybe in your career yeah. or we're at Argyle? Um, right, I'll let you into a little secret here. <laughs> when I first come down and no one knew, I think someone thought he'd see me from one of the webcams, was it Rick? Yeah. <laughs> was it? Yeah, and it weren't actually me. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd, we'd come down, me, me missus, Shuey and his missus, and we, we were showed around the place and the, the change rooms were still getting built. And I remember Trevor asking me, what did I want to change? But by that time, I, had, I couldn't say, yeah, I don't want to change this, I want to change that, because I hadn't signed any contracts. I'd come down to have a look around, and we went out for a meal with Simon Allett and, and everything else, and spent the day with with, uh, with Zach and, and, and Andrew Parkinson. So I, I wish I could have extended the, the changing rooms down the bottom, because I think that listen, the facilities and everything else is fantastic, but we could have built on top of that, or built at the back of it. Uh, I remember someone saying to me that the old manager didn't want to offer us, well, I did. <laughs> Hence why we have a porter cabin. So mm. it's only small, and listen, eventually we'll, you know, I'm sure Simon and the board will build me a, a, a bigger extension around the back for the changing rooms because we'd like to have the, well, the youth team are with us at the moment, but we'd like to have a couple of different dressing rooms so when we do have matches on here or matches over the way, yeah. you know, it certainly helps. So that's only one. 
But again, you know, I, I wouldn't change. I, I haven't seen, you know, regretted any decision really or what a change. The only thing I would change is, is potentially have a bigger change in areas with a, with a bigger office. A uh, question from Matt. He didn't give us a name, but what is the most difficult thing about being the Argyle manager? What was the most difficult thing about being? Um, geography, the location. No, that's that's something that's always been mentioned yeah, before. Previous managers I, no, struggling I, to bring players down because I, I spent, of the location. Before before I signed, I spent the day with Paul Cook watching the Championship playoff final when I was, you know, making my decisions and my decisions being made, and and, it, and I went and spent the day with him and. And watched the game at his house, and, and he said, "Get yourself down there. You you love every minute of it." He said, "He said he found it tough signing players for Portsmouth," and I was like, "Really, Portsmouth? I know a lot of people don't like Portsmouth, but they're, they're a big club. They like Plymouth Argyle. They're a big club." And he went, "I found the geography a little bit tough getting players down there." And then when I spoke to him when I'd signed all my players, he actually rang me, I think, and went, have you signed all them players? <laughs> so I, I, I don't know whether it's me, whether it's my staff, whether, you know, like, so you're Danny Mays, you're McFadden's, you, you know, I know Will's from Bournemouth way and Biden, uh, Don, you know, even even Joe, was, Joe Edwards was playing up, at Alex Palmer's come from Kidderminster way, West Brom, uh, who else to name a few, you know, we, we brought players from up, up the north. Uh, and do you know what? I think they've just loved coming here and wanted to come I think they've seen the size of the the object we've got in front of us and what we can do and how we can do it and I think they've, they've loved every minute of it there's not one of my players come to me and say Gaffer I'm homesick or I need to get on for this reason not at all they've been different class so in terms of the geography the geography mm. hasn't, has, has been fine um, and I don't think I've had a, a difficult thing you know being an Argyle manager at the moment I think one difficult thing maybe is to to keep everyone happy because obviously, you know, with the football club, you know, the fans obviously want, want everything here and now. Yeah, but I think, you know, when I've spoke to certain fans and different people, and you know, there's the sort of now a lot of people, someone, someone tweeted me a few months ago saying, you know, let's just get behind the team and the manager. We're building for the future. And that's what we are building. If we get where we want to get to quicker than we potentially thought, then everything's great, isn't it? But, you know, I didn't sign a, a, a 12-month contract. I signed a three-year contract. And I think that... The foundations we're putting in place now, from the top to the bottom and from the bottom to the top, is 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 evident to see. So, um, it's probably keeping everyone happy. But I suppose you can't keep everyone happy. But I think the majority and ninety percent of, of of the Argyle fans are, are buying into what we're trying to do, which which is great. Richard Slogan is another one of our regular listeners, uh, Ryan, and he says. Um, how do you find the travelling to away games and how do you pass the time on the long coach trips? And they are long coach trips, aren't yeah. they? I've got some boring staff. Jimmy Dickinson doesn't <laughs> shut up. He's bored as hell. Uh, joking. Now, do you know what? Um, it's, been, it's been fine because we, we travel in class, really. We've got a nice, lovely coach. We have the Sky Sports on it. We have all the food preps. John Lucas has all the food for us and everything's prepped. And, you know, you could sit there and pass three or four hours away just chatting about stuff and especially when Neil Jusnip's on the culture, is you get a million things in with him because he's just a million miles an hour. Mm. But in terms of, you know, we'll watch films, we'll, we'll discuss potential targets nowadays because January's coming. We'll talk about what we could have done, how we can improve. Um, and yeah, generally, you know, if it's not that, it's, it's sleeping sometimes. But I feel it's fine. We travel the right way, as, as you probably know. We don't train here on a Friday majority of the time now. We get off up the road, we have breakfast, and then we get up the road and we'll stop off at the services and then we'll train whether it's halfway or three quarters of the way 
and then you know the lads stretch the legs and then we move on to the hotel so it's actually been been spot on yeah not too far to go on Sunday of course you're away at Bristol Rovers yeah. in the FA Cup uh, Matthew Pinney's asking or he wants to know what was the mood like on the coach coming back and did the rest of the team give support to Sarsovic given he obviously missed the late penalty yeah do you know do you know what I always say when 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 you've lost games it, it, it's obviously a little bit quiet but I'm always one that right you come into work Monday morning with a smile on your face no matter what because my team and me we don't we don't mean to go out and get beat we, we're trying our hardest to win every game we possibly can and, and at times that's never going to happen but as for as for Sunday you know Sars held his hand up in the dressing room and I had to stop him he said you don't need to because you've been terrific he's mm. been an outstanding performer for, for, for months now uh, he scored one goal yet the keepers made the save for the other but it is what it is we find ourselves 1-0 down with 15 minutes to go and then to find yourself with 60 seconds or 90 seconds to go to potentially go through to the third round it's the way, that's the way it is that's football Um but no, the mood in the camp was excellent. Uh, you know, the lads have even said to Sars, get your head up, don't, don't, you've no need to apologise. And, and we're all the same. We're a good group and you know, we try and lift each other. Yeah, he'll have been down, disappointed in himself. But I think, you know, he certainly went down this morning. He was lively as hell in saying it because he's he bubbly as hell. But that's what I want. And I say to the boys, if you come in with, a, with an attitude of like a sulking attitude and a disappointment attitude, I'll send you home. And I've done it before today. Not here, but I have done it. Because I, I just feel it's not warranted and, you know, at the end of the day, it's gone. You can't, you can't do nothing about it. We've got a chance to put it right in, in a second round, re, in, a, in, a set, in a replay. And, you know, hopefully we can do that. What did you make of the draw last night? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I don't <laughs> want to disrespect any team and whatever, but I think, you know, it's the look of the draw, in it? Yeah. Do you know, like, at the end of the day, Liverpool comes out and I'm thinking, go on. <laughs> and then, you know, next thing it comes out and I'm thinking, yes. And then I forgot. What, <laughs> and I'm sure he's texting you, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, and then I went... Where, where were we? And then seeing obviously come out and seeing um, Ipswich, sorry, Plymouth Argyle, Bristol Rovers, or Ipswich and Coventry. I thought, you know what, fair play, listen, it is what it is. But the FA Cup, it's exciting, isn't it? Uh, you know, poor Fail got City away, which is good for them because it'll generate them a lot of money. And you think, go on, have it, you know. Mm. But I, I would have liked to, have, well, we have got a home tight if we beat Bristol Rovers. But even if we'd have got a home tight against the big hitter, I'd have been pleased because, you know, this place packed to the rafters, it'd, it'd be something special, which it's going to be at some stage. Um, so yeah, no. Listen, I'm not disappointed. I'm not overjoyed. I'm just it's it's it is uh, what it is. It is what it is. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, Coventry and and and, and Ipswich are two good football and teams who I'd like to pit my wits against because I feel when we play against good football and teams, you see the best out of my Argyle team. So, if we can get past Bristol Rovers, then it'll be exciting to play whether it's Ipswich or, or Coventry. Yeah, Nick Tomlinson, who's. Uh, mm-hmm. Another friend of the show, and I think you know Nick as well from his PAFC big, big displays. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How hard is it to pick up the lads when they're disappointed, like Sars was at full time on Saturday? Do you know what? It's quite easy because, as I said to you before, I don't have no disappointment, I don't have no rejection around the place. Uh, if, I, if I feel there's any disappointment or there's anyone sulking, I'll, I'll get rid, I'll send them away. I'm not get rid forever, but you know, go and get yourself home if, you, if you're not coming to work with a smile on your face. I always say to my lads on a Friday or a Thursday, whenever I name the team, Get your disappointment out now, because I liked it as a player when, if I was getting left out of the team, whether it be Friday or Thursday, whenever the team shape and that got done, I'd be disappointed deep down, but I'd make sure I back my lads, and that's what they bought into, because that's what I've wanted from them, um, and we don't have it. They're probably disappointed when they finish training on a Thursday or a Friday, but the next day they come in the bubbly, they're back on the teammates to go and get three points. Uh, so as far as lifting the boys up, they've got a good group in there, and they, they lift themselves. John Lloyd is a, a long-standing Argyle fan. Uh, his question is, some of the approach play um, against Bristol Rovers was the best he's seen at Argyle in years. 
until they reached the penalty area, says John. The hesitancy to shoot was almost maddening at times, particularly from Danny Mayer. And John would like to know if Danny Mayer is under orders not to shoot. Well, I'm going to say to you, John Lloyd, I think that's... I'd never tell me player not to shoot. Um, but what Danny does is Danny feels that because he can score them well, the goals, the ball's got to be set right for him to hit it. Now, I'm on to him plenty of times to shoot through legs and through... And, and listen, Dan's like a player that can look for a little bounce pass and get the next one, looks to slide people. He's very unselfish in some areas as well, but he needs to be a bit more selfish. And he's onto that. And I think you see Dan, when he doesn't shoot, he kicks himself. <laughs> it's there to be seen because you can see him. He gets disappointed in not doing that. So I think it's just decision-making at times. But we certainly don't encourage him not to shoot. No, that, that's, that, that would be a... a, a, a it's one of his strengths, isn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah, it's mm. one of his strengths. Mm. Um, but what I would say is sometimes, you know, nowadays, you get teams and players that go, go on then, we'll send them onto his left foot so that to sort of covering it too much and mm. I think with Dan being a bit of a perfectionist he, he likes to make sure it's ready because if he shoots and it ricochets and the kid blocks and they go and counter attack Dan's got to run 40, 50 yards <laughs> up the pitch yeah. so that might be another reason but <laughs> in terms of now nah, we don't definitely just encourage but again mm. I think there's some of the you know the approach players he's saying is the best he's seen we'll continue to con- continue to do that and then eventually you know as we've done this season, you know, you might get one, two, three, four that hit the back of the net and rather than not. But no, listen, it's, uh, we're, we're all right, we're fine with that. And as you say, yeah, he, he probably does need to shoot a little bit more. Uh, Lee Newson is saying you have definitely helped bring the club back, toge- <coughs> back together again in regards to the fans and the club. And there is also a huge buzz again around the city. How do you get the players up for the game, as is evident in recent weeks? They look like a different team and it looks as if every game is a cup final to them. Well, I think, you know, we're getting to Christmas period now and we said to the boys, you know, it's been a lot of hard work and still going to continue that of getting the boys to play the way I want them to play. I think early on in the season, you've seen there was still some high balls going into strikers. There was some balls that were going through the middle of the pitch where it gets intercepted and people are ready to just counter on you. We play from side to side quite often and and my style of play is playing through the thirds and the keeper had to do a lot of work with Alex and clipping balls to the wing backs and everything else, how we do it. Uh, because you know goalkeepers sometimes are just there to catch the ball and kick it, but we want to play play out from the back. Uh, it's been hard work, but in terms of you know the buzz around the place and, and, and that's down to the boys as well, generating their um, camaraderie together, the togetherness. You know all of us as staff and taking on instructions. Um, you know I know there's a buzz around the place, which is nice because they see something potentially happening here, which that's why we come. We didn't come here just to be a, a mid-table team or to, to linger us down the bottom. We come here to hopefully be, excite the fans and to get these this football club through the divisions, however long that takes us. But you know that's our aim. Um, so yeah. Good, um, Tom Gribble. How happy are you with the appointment of new Neil Dewsnip as director of football? And he adds, Are you happy with the progress of the academy? And do you think any of the current crop of young players can make the step up? I mean, you and Neil seem to spend a, a lot of time yeah. together. You must be delighted with his appointment as director. Yeah, well, well, I brought Neil in. So he came in as a technical consultant, really, for me, because he's obviously worked for England in, um, in a good capacity. And, you know, he came in as a technical consultant to me and was going to be a consultant to me. He had other avenues. He was potentially going to go and work for the FA in some capacity, the coaching course, and he was going to go and work for FIFA. Um, and I, I said to the board, look, I want to, you know, want to make sure we can keep Neil with us, you know, on a day-to-day basis if we can, as long as we can. I think when the board met him, um, 
Andrew certainly loved him. When the chairman met him, and then obviously, he 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 done what he needed to do in his first board meeting with the with the board, and, and you know we 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 looked for a, a title for him, and we said right, what what can he be, and and the title comes as as a director of football because he can direct the the stuff to the to the board of directors where we all have a great relationship, but it's it's nice for him to move the business side of stuff up there and, and, and all that type of stuff, we can he can deal with that. And also make sure we, 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 we get this academy spot on because as I've said, we want the best football team, but we also want the best academy team and Neil's being there right the way through. He'll still support me and Shuey. Um, that'll be his main objectives. Uh, but then it'll be to help the board of directors where they need to go with stuff and the academy. So he's a, he's a big, big appointment. Um, and look, once... The board of directors said to me, "What title do you want to give him?" I said, "Doesn't matter as long as he's with us." <laughs> and the title, obviously, we've come up with is 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 director of football, and that's directing everything really. Um, me as the manager has the final say on everything. Neil brings stuff to me, and if I am not happy with it, then it won't go ahead. Um, but in terms of the overall structure of it, Neil will look after certain areas what I'm too busy to look after. So I'm really pleasing. It's interesting that you say that you wanted him as director of football because often at football clubs it's the other way around somebody the director of football that would say this is who I want yeah, to manage yeah well dangerous isn't it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no listen I'd never I, I think when when I met when I met Simon and the board of directors and I, I did say look you know I need to make sure that I do the football side of things it's our way or no way and they're like look we'd never interfere with you when Neil come in as a technical consultant first off it's still similar the same really but he's obviously just doing a lot more work now because he's going to work with the academy and work with the directors um, and we're building a football club and Neil, Neil can build football clubs so um, yeah I, I don't think I'd work with a director of football being chosen from anyone else and that's just the God's honest truth um, because there's always hidden agendas um, and I'd make sure that I've got my people around me which we have uh, and we've got a trust element around every single person that works for this football club and me and my staff and, and the coaching staff and and Rick and everyone else, we make sure that we've got a trust element with everyone. We've certainly got that. Uh, Zach Brown's asking, who's the biggest prankster in the squad? What's the what's the dressing room like? Who are the sort of characters within the group? Yeah, they've, they've got a few in there. Da- Danny May is a little bit of a quiet one. Yeah, he's uh, you know he's he's a prankster. Uh, Don Telford's a prankster. Um, who else? Who else? Listen, there's a lot of them in there. They're quite good at it. They've got a good togetherness and a good camaraderie, as I said. Yeah, but I love all that. I love the stuff, you know. Where was we sitting last week? Three matches, I think, it was there. Scotty put the salt on his on his on his bloody dinner, and it, it popped on, <laughs> put the salt on over his dinner. Someone left the top loose and stuff. But listen, you know, me and Shuey were a big pranksters as well ourselves, and you know, so when that happens in there, it is nice and it's good. And when you see the banter flowing the way it does. Uh, it's certainly pleasing. Stephen Bryan says um, he would like a pre-season tour up in Scotland for all the Scotland-based Argyle fans. Is it possible with your connections with Stephen Gerrard? He yeah. asks. Yeah, we're actually on with it. We've I've obviously asked Stevie, can we come up? Um, I don't think. Well, it's too much for them to travel here, isn't it? Because I think they back early at the end of the season when we played them a couple of years ago for Berry. Um, they needed the game because it was they were in Europa League preliminary stages so we're opening it in the Champions League this year because we're hoping that they do ever so well up there um, and we can get a game yeah it's ongoing now um, we're, we're actually potentially Neil will be in touch with Rangers very soon and we're open um, but again it all depends on them we, we, we're keeping ours a little bit 
flexible at the moment our pre-season but it's one we're certainly trying to do yeah it's interesting that you're talking about pre-season already. Obviously, the season. <laughs> the, the season. Do you together. know what? We've been talking about recruitment since last month. And I'm like, hell, it's not even got to Christmas yet. Yeah. But listen, I think, look, you know, me and my staff and what we've got is you, you want to try and be one step ahead of everything. And, and if we can certainly do that, I think the pre-season, I think we've got one or two tied down already. Um, and then we've just got to keep going in the right direction because if you... You've got to be quick here because if you're not, someone else will step in, and, and, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get a foot in the door already in certain areas. Well, welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Um, continuing with our questions to Argyle manager Ryan Lowe. Dave Searle, January is around the corner. What areas are you looking to strengthen, and is it and is Will Ameson still in your plans? Um, yeah, January is around the corner. Obviously, we won't give too much away in what areas we're looking to strengthen because I think. If I said two or three different areas, I'd probably have four or five players knocking on my door saying, why are you looking at that <laughs> position? So but we, we keep that in house. But we're certainly looking. Uh, again, there's probably one or two that will potentially move on in, in January, uh, you know, especially some of the youngsters who've gone out on loan, maybe. You know, they might find you know, a career now somewhere else if they're not quite going to get a chance here. Uh, and then maybe, depending on players who come and see me as well and say, look, after I might not be getting in the team or... I've only got six months left on my contract. What are you thinking? And, you know, look, I'm quite open in, in, in areas as long as you know we feel that they want to move on, and, and you know that'll be up to them and, and me make the final decision. But in terms of certain areas, we're looking to de- um, to strengthen is we, we are looking to probably add one or two players, two potentially, uh, and then it'll depend on who, who moves out the door. So we feel we've got a good enough squad at the moment, uh, and if you can add a little bit of freshness to that, then. Uh, be pleasing staying on the January theme Ryan oh, Mark sorry, Will Ameson yeah Will, Will, Ameson. Will Ameson sorry listen he's a million percent in my plans um, Will's training but he's had a little bit of a setback in, in terms of uh, how much he can train um, just with his, his, his injury he had he had a little bit of a setback in that but he's been fit and training but he's not fully fit so at this moment well, listen, I've got a good relationship with Will he's, he's He's not far off. He trains twice a week, but we need him to be training three or four times a week to, to get up to it. So he's just obviously missing out at the moment as one of the one of the spare men. But I'm sure in the next few weeks we want to make sure it's right for Will as well. Because it's not fair. He, he come back and fought hard to get yeah. back fitness. Um, and he sort of blew a gasket a little bit, if you like. But he's not far off. He's training, but he's just got to build his body back up a little bit. If you can imagine your midriff there. And yeah. you, you, you know, yeah. you know. You've had an area when you've had an area, you can't move. And he, he had a, a tear there, a tear here. He had a couple of tears there and everywhere from last season. So we probably rushed him back too soon. He probably rushed himself back, but he's training uh, and he's building himself back up. So he's he's um, more than in my plans because he's a special player when he's fit. Yeah, that's sort of core strength, which is key for professional football players, isn't it? Um, Ryan Mark said, Did you enjoy your visit to Torquay versus Stockport? And were you watching Jamie Reid, who is their top scorer, of course? <laughs> I didn't enjoy it, no, because it was a terrible <laughs> game of football, in all honesty. Um, Stockport actually played well. Torquay weren't quite at the races. Mm. Um, do you know what? It, listen, Jamie Reid, obviously, you'll everyone look at him and think, yeah, you know, because he scored a lot of goals. Um, you know, they had another striker on loan from Bristol City there. Um, Saiku Janna, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Stockport had a decent enough striker. But look, we, we were just... We, we didn't really purposely go to watch anyone in particular, in all honesty. We obviously... Said right, let's go and have a look at the game because we were saying we we were staying at Bristol. So what I done is me, Neil, and Shuey drove behind the coach, and we went to that game, and then we followed the coach and and, and the lads back to Bristol. Mm. Um, 
but just for the record, no one caught me, I so that's probably what they're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few people are asking about the scouting network and whereabouts are Argyle looking for players, uh, not in terms of position, but in terms of areas of the UK. Um, and who are the scouts? How does your scouting system work? Yeah, well, we have, we have a scout now. Um, I won't name his name because I'm not too sure whether I can um, at the moment because we're, we're just building that network. But we have, a, we have a scout in the Midlands. We obviously have Neil, who's living in, in the northwest as, as we speak. Um, and then we've got me, Nance, Reese, and Shuey down in the southwest. So we've covered all areas at the moment. Yeah. Um, and listen, you don't want scouts all over the place because you don't need to pay scouts all over the place. Neil's a recruitment guy who, who knows a lot and probably knows the best up and down the country in England because of his, his commitments and, and everything else with England. Uh, and our scouts from the Midlands who's, who's been around, been around academies, been around football clubs and very well connected also. So I'll be feeling and obviously me and Shuey who connected to people we played with and, and lads we know up and down the country and, and along with Nance. So... The scouting network's fine at the moment. We're, we're just building that bigger picture. Uh, and look, we can call on anyone to go and watch any game because we've had loads of calls to say, if you need, any, if you need a game, watch and give us a shout. And we've certainly done that. We've called on a few favours when we're wanting teams watched or whatever, or other clubs. Um, but no, we've, we've got all areas covered. Simon Taylor um, asks you, are we going to buy Alex Palmer at the end of the season? Uh, I'm not sure about buying him. I don't know how much he'd cost. <laughs> uh, he's done well for you though, hasn't he's, he? He's he's been terrific. Yeah, he's been terrific. But I, and I, and I'll honestly say this: Michael Cooper's bringing the best out of him because Michael Cooper's fighting and fighting and fighting. And when when I when I signed, I don't know whether it was you, Chris, who says he number one, number two. Mm. I don't have number one and twos because Cooper's actually wearing the number one jersey. <laughs> Alex is twenty five, is he or whatever? Yeah. So I made sure them two of them fought it out, and the, the two lads have been different class with each other mm. and for the team. Uh, look, Alex is a terrific goalkeeper. He's got ambitions of playing at the highest level. He's come here to help us, but he's also ultimately come here to try and get back into West Brom team. Whether he's going to stay there longer than this year, we don't know. But it's something we'll monitor. I would have thought if Alex wanted to stay with us, uh, I'm sure we'd like to keep him. In you know, whether it was a loan or a, or a pen, whatever it was. But that'll be down to Alex. He's having a terrific season this year. And look, one thing I'll never do is stand in the boys' way. If he wants to go and play Championship or League One, if he becomes available, because he is an outstanding talent. But look, I think we've got an outstanding talent just behind them also. So the two of them are, you know, fighting for a for, for a place in the team. Alex is there at the moment, but Coops is making um Alex be the best he can be. One final question from our readers: Argo Voodoo is asking, will you be sending Joe Dunn a Christmas card? <laughs> Yeah, I had a drink with him after the game, to be fair. Now, he's all right, Joe. He's, listen, sometimes emotions fly. He was disappointed with the decision of the referee. And, you know, he chose to call my player a cheat, which I didn't like. And he apologised to me, and I apologised to him. Look, it, it was handbags, but, you know, I'd never have a go with anyone else's team, the players especially. Um, and I didn't expect him to do the same. But I can see his emotions were either winning the game with one minute, with, with 15 minutes to go, then he can see the penalty. But that's not our decision, that's the officials' decision at the moment who, who are not quite familiar in terms of, you know, reffing games like that. It's a big game, you know, mm-hmm. Bristol Rovers, Plymouth Argyle, it's not just a Mickey Mouse game, it's a big game and you need big referees to make big decisions and whether it was right or wrong, Joe was a bit peed off with it. Uh, but now, look, listen, we, we, had a, we had a drink at the end of the game with him, he was fine, he was good as gold. 
I don't know if go as far as sending a Christmas card, <laughs> but listen, at the end of the day, we've still got a good relationship and I respect Joe and he obviously respects me. Yeah, of course, you'll see him again next week so you yeah. can share a drink, no doubt. Uh, one final thing, Ryan, we ask guests on the show if they'd like to take part in our 20 questions quiz. Yeah. Um, you said earlier you're happy to have a, no worries, have yeah. a crack. Tea or coffee? Um, I vary, but I'm, I'm actually a tea man now. Tea. Coffee, coffee goes right through me, Jimmy, will start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> night in or night out? Um, I'm not, I think the older I'm getting. Um, <laughs> it I, comes I, to us all. Yeah, I, I like a night in. I like, I like a night in that, you know, especially after a, a game on a Saturday. Very rare you'll see me out on a Saturday night because the emotion and the drainage and the work through the build up to it, you're just like, and it's yeah. nice just to, you know, spend some time with the family when, on, a, on a Saturday night. Um, so probably a night in. Indian or Chinese? Oh, Chinese. Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn? Oh, God. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn, Labour, didn't he? I think, uh, yes. Is this a personal podcast? <laughs> <laughs> You're representing the club. Is representing the club in neutral? <laughs> yeah, none of them. None of them. <laughs> uh, go to a gig or gig lane? Oh, gig lane all day. Oasis or Blur? Oasis. The Beatles or Bastille? Oof. Oof. <laughs> Would you love me pants down? <laughs> say, Beatles, um, oh God! Uh, Are either on the Ryan Lowe stereo at the moment or ba- Bastille? Bastille is yeah. Mm. Beatles are actually not, so I'm gonna have to go with Bastille. But Beatles are a past. Listen, the Beatles are forever famous, mm. aren't they? And the best, but at the moment I'm you know in with the in with the new so I'd have to say Bastille. <laughs> Brookside or Corrie? Oh God, I think it was Brookside, Sinbad and all them. It was, uh, yeah. it was good in them days, so definitely Brookside. Manager or player? Oh God, I, I do actually miss playing because I, I'd, I'd be on 15 goals by now in our team. I'd be dead honest with you. I keep saying to the lads, I'd be on 15 goals. But now nah, listen, I, I love being a manager now. It's something I always wanted to be and I love being a player. I've done my time, 20 years as a player. Yeah, I loved every minute of it, but I'm also loving every minute of being a manager now. Yeah, VAR or no VAR? God, no VAR. It's just ruining the game, isn't it? Yeah. Champs. Outrageous. Champions League or Premier League? Um, For a Liverpool fan. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, listen, I enjoyed my Champions League last season because me, me and my little lad were everywhere. Munich, um, Barcelona, Madrid. We, we were everywhere and it was excellent, especially the home games. Um I think that the Premier League is just becoming a, a, a two or three horse race at the moment, so I'm going to say Champions League. Klopp or Shankly? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to say Klopp because I never ever got the chance to meet Shankly. I know what Shankly was. Listen, he's, he's an ultimate hero and legend at Liverpool, but for me to spend some time with Jurgen Klopp over the past couple of years has been an insight while I'll. I'll, I'll take with me forever because the man's not only is he a gentleman but he's he's the ultimate like manager for me he's, he's different class Messi or Ronaldo Van Dijk <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's interesting yeah, to yeah, see you should have got the ball the like yeah, yeah. like, yeah, I, was, I was listening to TalkSport <laughs> this morning and <laughs> the, 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 the producer reels off everything Messi's done and you're like oh god yeah is he that good has he done all that even though he hasn't had the best of scenes but I think Listen, I like I love the two of them. Um, you know, I think Ronaldo's a, a one man band, isn't he? Uh, and wrong with Messi, the two of them are. Um, and it's hard to pick, but if I was gonna pick, I'd obviously have to pick 
um, Messi because of what he's done, what he's achieved. But along with Ronaldo too, the, the two of them are terrific. Mm. Uh, red or green? <laughs> green red. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... Well, it's green at the moment, isn't it? Um, and red to be second. So obviously I'm red through my veins um, I'm becoming green through my veins also <laughs> can we expect a post Eric thing where he had the uh, the orange the away orange white strip yeah. maybe United you're going to no no never never <laughs> no. Uh, never in a million years now listen I think for me now to be the manager of the football club I'd like to think Jürgen Klopp would say red over yellow wouldn't he with Dortmund so I'm mm. going to say green over red yeah, fair enough the hoe or the barbican oh god um He's taking these questions he is, seriously. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. It's not just a sort of one-off answer. I know. Um, no, listen. I think the hole's a, a lovely place. I'm very rarely down the barbican. I'm not <laughs> one to be. Um, I'm not one to be out partying in the barbican. Um, so I, I'll say the hole. Okay. Trip to the beach or trip to the moors? The beach. Scouse pie or pasty? Don't do scouse pie <laughs> no more. Pie. Really. I thought my mate was saying that at Anfield. Yeah, but it's not a proper scouse no. pie, you know. I, I'm going to say pasty because pasties down here done properly by ginsters, aren't they? Whereas, <laughs> what, what they're saying on that is, it used to be called scouse. So my mum and nan used to do a scouse dish and it had steak in, um, uh, carrots and potatoes in. It was it was like a stew, you know what mm. I mean? That, that's called scouse, not scouse pie. Okay. I think scouse pie is just a, a money spinner for Liverpool, I think. It's not. So I'm going to go ginsters. <laughs> okay. Ferry across the Mersey or ferry across the Tamar? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been across the Tamar, so I'm going to say ferry across the mercy. <laughs> All right, la, or get on bay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting used to all these Gwens and all this stuff. Gwen, Gwen here and all stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but it's got to be all right, la, doesn't it? That's you. Comes more naturally like to you. Shuey says it every morning. I like la. And one final question Stevie G or Stevie Shuey? <laughs> He'll batter me, won't he? He was, he was disappointed. Sars never put him in a team of the year, uh, the team of the decade last week. So I'm going to say Stevie Shoe. Stevie Shoe. There we go. Ryan, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Appreciate your time, Ryan. Thank you very much for sparing, uh, sparing so much to have a chat with us. And uh, yeah, great insight for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed it out there. We'll be back with more of the same again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.